happy podcasting day. Oh, the dog got really excited. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, so this is Rachel Vo, and this is A Good Girl's Guide 2 here on Anchor, as you probably know. But thank you so much for being here anyways. Um, I'm going to get into plugging as normal before we get into content. But before I do, I just want to tell you I'm super excited as we continue our summer podcast season of having guests. Most of them are reoccurring um, by, what does that say when, when people ask for it? I don't know, like when they ask, like, you know, like demand, like an encore, but it's whatever. Like everybody, what did you say? Popular demand. Back by popular demand. That's exactly the phrase I was looking for. Thank you. Okay, so, uh, yes, my best friend, Jen. <laughs> All that. It's pretty typical that I go ahead and goof something up in the first 60 seconds of a podcast, but no big deal. So, uh, yes, special guest for sure. So, uh, if you have not tuned in, you should absolutely make sure you do. Jen and I spoke to each other back in December on a previous podcast where we talked at great length about our weight loss journey, as you would probably call it. But I mean, I refer to it, not you necessarily, but I mean, in general public, I refer to it as a weight release journey because I ain't trying to find that shit. Okay. So if you are new here, uh, thank you so much for being here, but uh, this is your free content platform for sure. So if you really dig the free stuff, don't forget you can tune in to Facebook as well as Instagram, as well as the TikTok, all the Good Girls Guide 2 for free content weekly going out. Sometimes it's about a very specific topic, but often it really kind of encompasses your entire life. And of course, if you're 18 years or older and a feminine energy and you're looking for a place to do some sexual wellness and intimacy building, then please make sure to let me know so I get you the private invite to the VIP lounge uh, where we do lots of content there as well. Sales and specials, especially if you're looking for product to enhance those intimacy needs for sure. Uh, and then we've got the empowerment class. We're doing another one tomorrow. There's one available in July. That's a really great beginner's course to getting uh, exposed to what it is to look at personal development for yourself, uh, kind of how to understand it and do some basic beginning steps of implementation. And if you've kind of fallen off the wagon from your growth, it's a really good way to get back into it. And lastly, of course, uh, one of my personal favorites would be the one-to-one -one session. So if you are somebody who feels like you really vibe with the message, uh, then you would understand the importance of some one-to-one -one because that is going to allow for us to really pinpoint the focus of what you would like to have momentum on your life and get it going. So make sure to reach out to me. As I always say, uh, Facebook Messenger is the easiest way to connect, but you can send me messages on any platform and a good girl's guide to at Gmail is the obvious email. So um, as we roll into some content, let me tell you one more time, my, my best friend, Jen, who was here back in December. So Jen, tell them a little bit about yourself. Let them know how they can follow your journey. Uh, you know, whatever you want to share with them. We'll get into like a, I mean, like tell them like your intro and then we'll kind of just say, hey, how have you been since the last podcast, if you want. Um, my name is Jen. I've known Rachel for many, many years, 10 plus. I can't remember the exact amount. Um, we went to college together um, and she is correct. I have been on a weight loss slash weight release journey for since 2019. Um and I can be found at reinventing underscore Jen, J-E-N-N, -N, on Instagram. Um, that's where I'm mostly known. Yeah. Yeah, but you, I would say in the last couple of months, you're, you, I don't even, it's probably longer than that, maybe almost a year. You've been much more present on your Facebook. Oh, yeah, 100%. I share on my Facebook, but uh, Facebook's mostly for people that I know. I don't really <laughs> add people that I don't know. Um, but Instagram, I have uh, followers that I obviously don't know. And I communicate with people I don't know on there all the time. And if anybody is looking for help or advice or just a friendship, that's where you can find me for sure. Are you on TikTok? 
I'm on TikTok, but I'm not active. I'll watch your sh- stuff, but I, <laughs> I don't, I don't do anything on it. I've made maybe one or two videos. Oh, I gotcha. Well, I was just curious, and um, I, I follow zero people intentionally, so that's why I didn't know. But anyways, um, yes. So we at the the first podcast, like I mentioned, was really an in depth journey talking about really relationship with food, um, what it's been like for the both of us going through countless options. And um, the beautiful journey of our friendship and being able to go through it together where it actually finally stuck for the both of us. So, and not, not to mention to me, one of the, also the, one of the beautiful facts about that is that we've done it two completely different ways. And that's just, that's, it's, I think it's magical because it just helps to solidify like an old Rachel, by the way, like I, I would have been, you know, like it would have, I don't, I don't know how to say this without sounding stupid, but it was like. It was almost like things make sense if it works for me is if it works for anybody else. If that, I don't know if that makes sense. Like when you emulate somebody because you want, you think it needs to be that exact way because that's how they did it or whatever. So I think that that's been really powerful, especially because we've both done so much, so much personal growth and development um, to be able to, to be supportive of each other in two completely different ways and know that that's just the way it works. Yeah, 100%. And I think, um, I mean, obviously you have more of a following of women. Um, I think it's huge for women to know that it can be done multiple different ways. And if it's not working this way, try something else. There's there's going to be something that works for you yeah. and um, something that clicks for you. Um, and that's what you, you've got to find what works best for you. And that's the only way it will stick and that's the only way it will work. Yeah, I agree with that. As two women who have been plus size their entire lives, I think that we have been able to sort through and decipher for ourselves the difference between diet culture and lifestyle culture. And for a long time, we didn't even know that lifestyle culture existed. And it, I mean, I don't think that it was very prevalent until the last couple of years, but to be able to wrap my brain around that and make it individualized instead of thinking it needed to fit into a box in some way, shape or form was probably the the most relief that came to me on my journey. So I don't know if you feel that way as well at all, but that's how it resonates for me. Oh yeah, I do. I, I, and like you said, it's probably gotten better um, with just being more pop culture and things like that are changing. Um, and uh, it's becoming more prevalent to know that your lifestyle needs to change, not necessarily does it have to all revolve around your diet, right? right. And it doesn't all have to be um calorie based or it doesn't all have to be whatever i mean you know the trends mm-hmm. so um and, and some trends work for people so that's great if it works for you it works for you um but whenever you when you just said lifestyle it just literally made me think of pop culture and how that has changed so much recently and um people like lizzo and and things like that that have came out that have just change the way that people see bigger people. Not necessarily do I, I still think there's a stigma 100% and I probably will always feel that way just because I lived it for so long. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I do think that we're turning a corner and um, just even going to the pool this summer, looking and seeing ladies like enjoying their bodies and embracing yeah. their bodies is good, so. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I, I just made some notes about that because I completely forgot that that was kind of something 
I had wanted to talk to anybody about and really just had not let it click until now that duh, Rachel right here. So I, I saw, so this is the way I'm going to relate it is that I had saw this TikTok and it was a, a guy who was probably in his late twenties, early thirties. And he had stitched it with a video of two younger boys, probably 13 to 15. I don't know, but it was a video of them on TikTok, just like holding hands and like by candlelight or so. it was something very sweet and tender about how they dated. And this guy was like, this video makes me so happy but it also makes me so sad and like starts crying because he's like, it reminds me of how it wasn't as accepted and I feel like society stole that from me. And it gives me goosebumps because I almost feel that way about being fat. It was, it was the same thing is that it was such a stigma for us when we were children and you didn't see adults or children as, as prevalently in different body shapes, I should say, these days as, as we do now. And especially, I mean, mixing of cultures and so on and so forth and having those natural amazing curves. But I kind of feel that way. Like when you see a beautiful full figured woman, it's like, it's hard for me because I almost kind of snap to a really unhealthy place where I'm like, no, because that's unhealthy. But, but I'm like, but again, who, who the fuck am I? Like, I feel great at my, you know, I have to check myself, but it is almost sad because it's like you, you are living in a world where it's much more accepted, not only by other fat people, but for people of all shapes and sizes. And you even have, you know, members of the opposite sex who are wildly attracted to that instead of disgusted by that. Uh, and we lived in silence. We lived in fear. We lived in loneliness and rejection and didn't know how to process or navigate that. I just, I feel like I could relate to that to my core. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> well, and not even that, we couldn't even find clothes to fit the bodies that we wanted at the ages that we were. Yeah. I mean, we were wearing florals when florals were not in because that's the only thing that we could fit into. And we were shopping at Dress Barn, we were shopping at um, Lane Bryant's and things like that, where that's for grown women. And here we were teens and tweens. And now there's so many options out there for plus size teens and tweens. And I think it's wonderful. I think it's great. Um, I think that just acceptance in general uh, across our our culture is good um, and, and being accepted everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, sexuality, everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's good to see the change happening. Yeah. Yeah. And to wrap this back to being able to separate my ego from it, like the, the place I've been able to kind of come to is number one of what you just said is that's all you ever wanted anyway, was for everybody to be accepted and understanding that just because somebody may weigh 200 pounds, it doesn't mean they're unhealthy. It just is their body type. And number two out of that is that, um, it's not a lot of people's faults. And that's, that was how that happened to me was, you know, like I grew up in a household where I was just given food that I assumed was good for me. It was consumable. So why wasn't, why wasn't it okay? So me having to unlearn all that stuff and then me being in situations fluctuating like my income level all my life, I have been in places on state assistance and I have been in places where I've been completely self-sufficient and everything in between realistically. And I know what it's like to have to make decisions about, free range chicken eggs versus your 89 cents and you know there's a difference and you don't necessarily want to know why but you but you do know and all of us over here subconsciously understanding that it's only getting worse and it's only getting more processed and it's only getting away from natural I thought about this as Olivia was watching a video today and the host of the video was like let's have some fruit and whipped out a fruit cup and I'm like, don't call that fruit. <laughs> don't teach my daughter that, please. But but that's what it is. Is like it's it's definitely out of some people's hands. They're just, they're just you know working with the cards they were dealt, and they don't even know. Um, 
but again, yeah, I think that just the shaping of that culture of, okay, so we, we're here, we get it. We have a body type of some sort. Some of us accept it. Some of us want to improve and that's great. Like we just process that for each individual person and support them in their journey. And I hope that whenever you, you caught yourself with the fruit, you're still catching yourself and thinking, well, they just don't know. They just, you know, like you said, they just don't know that fresh fruit is better or whatever, because knowledge is key. Right. Mm -hmm. And some people just don't have the knowledge. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and I lived my life in the gray for a long time. So yeah, I, I think that, um, and our, you know, that goes into multiple things that gets into the way that you were raised, that gets into the way that your parents were raised, that gets into where you were raised. Yeah, yes, yes, uh, yes. There's multiple things that, that come from that. So if somebody ever <laughs> gives her a fruit cup, hopefully you don't judge them based on that. But no. I, I know that you wouldn't. But no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this is ironic because as we were just, you and I didn't plan this, of course, of I had an Instagram post today that you commented on, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because you don't normally comment on my stuff, and it was just powerful for me because the post itself was like, if you don't support your friends, you're not true friends, and I didn't have the energy to make like an incredibly long post like I normally do, so I literally was like, I'm going to leave this here, and by the way, I'm going to call myself out because I've been this person. And you then posted, I think we've all been in that particular situation underneath that comment. And I will tell you that not initially, because initially I still acted as 2021 Rachel, which made me very happy. But when I thought about it later, I thought 2018 Rachel might have been a little bit upset at my best friend for saying something like that, feeling like she was trying to call me out when all I did was post a post and I didn't call anybody else out on it. And then, then reflecting, again, all ego aside, on my comment where I was just open and vulnerable and truthful about the fact that it's still a struggle for me. Uh, it felt really good to be in that space. Um, but it was, it was just the same kind of thing. It's like every situation is different. Every person's journey is different. Everybody's level of understanding of where they are is different. And that's exactly what it is. It's like, so they called a fruit cup, they called a fruit cup, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. It's not, it's not something to get my panties in a twist about, but it is a moment of something's pulling at me internally. I don't feel comfortable with this. So what is it about whatever this person is saying that I need to check myself about basically? That's a yeah. hard skill set. What, the reason why I was posting that is literally everybody has been that friend. So not in, I don't want to say I don't, don't agree with your post because I don't think that it's not that you're not that friend. You, you don't love yourself enough to know that you, the reason why you're not supporting your friend. Yeah. It's not that I, just because I don't support you and where you're at in your journey doesn't mean that I'm not your friend. It mm -hmm. just means that I don't know where I am at currently and why I'm judging you. Yeah. Exactly. And you're, what is it about yeah. your abundance in your lifestyle and your success that's making me feel the lack in mine? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Where am I lacking that I feel like I need to judge my friend and not support her? Yeah. 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 And so that's, I think everybody has been there in different circumstances. It might not be about um, success or whatever. It could be anything. Yeah, that it could you, be your relationship you just... or weight loss or whatever. Yeah, you might look something uh, at its side eye, but at the same time, you need to look internally instead of looking at them whenever you have those feelings. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So my podcast yeah. like one or two weeks ago was about that, about how the world is literally a, a, a reflection of all mirrors. And then I think I even did a live about it. But my point is that 
this is something that I've heard a lot over, I mean, probably my entire life, but it wasn't something that I started taking to heart. It's like, it's, it's like that theory, not theory, but like when you hear the phrase like no pain, no gain, or that person's a pain in my ass. Like these are just things that happen to be phrases that we say, but going through personal development and growth, I've understood how intentional those words really, I mean, like my body takes those to heart, whether I, I was audibly hear the message or not. So, you know, when you get really intentional about that, it's, it's kind of eye opening for you to kind of slow it down a little bit and pay attention to not only the things that you're talking to yourself about, but the things you're digesting, um, some, something along that line. I, I squirreled myself kind of out of where I was going with that, but, um, yeah, no, like now I fully now I'm fully out of it. I don't know where the hell I was going with that. That's okay. I'll get you back on track. So when you were talking about just um, really looking in, in internally, whenever you're oh yeah, um, roll the mirrors. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so a post that I made today um, on it. So. In the weight loss community, there's the Transformation Tuesday, right? Mm -hmm. And so you post a picture of whenever you um, were at either your bigger self or just a, a before picture of some sort, and then the after picture. And so um, I posted a before picture, which was right before surgery that happened. And then I posted the picture that I had taken in February. The reason why I took the picture was because I wanted to see if the shirt looked good on me. And I literally was just scrolling through my pictures and I'm like, do I have any after pictures that I could pair with this before picture that whatever is kind of the same pose, whatever. And I found it and I was like, I took this picture. And when I took the after picture, I thought that I was fat. I was like, I, this, I look awful. This is a size extra large uh, sweatshirt. It doesn't fit. Like there's no way I can wear this. And I, because of that picture, I did not wear that shirt that day. And honestly, I'd never looked at the picture until this day. And that was in February. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting here trying to find a transformation Tuesday picture. And I'm like, what the hell? Like if I put those two pictures together, there's a huge difference. And I don't look bad in that second picture. And so just taking myself out of that moment and looking back at it, I'm like, why did I think that was so bad? There, there's no reason to give yourself such self-doubt and talk badly and self-talk. Self mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like giving yourself such bad self-talk, I mean, it's horrible in the weight loss community, but it's horrible in the woman community. Yes. Women have horrible self-talk. And it, yeah. yeah, and it's just, so that was just one thing that I noticed myself that I had just found today that I was like, that's crazy. I, it was, it's perfectly fine picture. I could have worn that. I have never worn that sweatshirt because of that day. And now I'm like, okay, I can wear that sweatshirt when it gets cold this fall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. I saw your post um, perfectly, like right before we were getting started with that. And, and I thought the same thing as I read it. Um, and that's why we decided to kind of make a note about that for the podcast is because, yes, like I had heard the phrase about the world being mirrors and not really even getting it and it, or maybe even like getting it. Okay. So whatever I'm supposed to pay attention, but it not really knocking me upside the head probably until the last maybe couple of months. 
And so now, just like you were talking about with that inner self chatter, that was that was one of the first tools that my my therapist gave to me, which was one of the things that I mean really rocked my world. It was right around the time that I had that quarter life crisis because I was finally hearing that inner dialogue, and I had no idea what a nasty wench she was. I just was moving along in life because you know everything's a habit. You learn to walk, breathe, write, you know, drive without really thinking about it. And that's the same thing. That inner dialogue is not different. If it starts the moment you were born, it's one of the oldest things that you do learn. So to be able to tap into that and focus took so much of my time, effort, and energy that like even that weekend that I practiced that, Tony was like, are you okay? Like on day two. And so that was a big chunk of my life was to tune into her. And I still catch myself like having, sometimes I have to like talk out loud to make sure that I bypass the autopilot so I can be conscious of what I'm talking about and saying, and I agree with you fully. I, I mean, of any minority group of whatever kind, I'm sure that self-talk is just, it's its probably perpetually terrible. <laughs> um, and I would also agree with women. I think, I'm going to sneakily add this in, I think that the reason we know that is because we as women talk about it. We know that we have low confidence. We also know in a patriarchic world, we've been pushed down to think this way about ourselves. I would say that I think one of the secrets that the masculine suffers from is that they probably have a really negative self-talk too but ours hear my heart when i say this but i'm just going to say it as the descriptor ours is whiny and mean and theirs is mean hurtful fearful you know all that other kind of stuff it's like the tough mentality kind of stay tough be a guy so they're fear feared into that dialogue that they have so totally different but also kind of the same like we just all need to be gentler kinder to ourselves and so on and so forth yeah, so World of Mirrors, oh my God, like that's my new tool. So that was my whole story of that point was that that was the tool that it took me so long. It's taken me years to harness it. I haven't even mastered it yet. And so the new, new tool that I am working on is when something is bothering me, what is it about me? Why? It's, it's no longer about that person. That person's not doing anything to me. I'm allowing this to affect me in some way, shape or form. And so I'm back at the drawing board. I'm starting all the way over at teaching myself this new habit. Um, and I... I, I mean, it's hard. I don't know. It's not easy, but it, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, that's funny that you said that because so one of the new tools that I've started using at work, so um, just so everybody knows, at work, I manage uh, six guys um, in a company of 50 people. Um, there are three women, and I am a manager of six of those guys by myself. And one of the tools that I've tried to use with them is, okay, you cannot, um, you cannot change what that person is doing or you cannot change what that customer's reaction is, but what can you do about that? Mm. So, and I'm always, I always wait for their response and then, then they can kind of solve it themselves. Okay, well, this is what I can do. I can, I can make that extra phone call or I can do this, I can do that, whatever. So it's funny that you're using that tool on self-help <laughs> when that's the tool I'm using for management yeah. styles. But I love that one. You know, it does not a surprise to me because like when I talk about my growth journey, like at the beginning of my parties, um, that's what I say is that, you know, I got into this completely unintentionally because I was leading a team and I didn't have leadership skills. So I went into the world of leadership development and it spilled into my personal life beyond control. And so they are very interchangeable, but it's also a very powerful statement, I believe, because you know, like what we're going through right now with people not wanting to go back to work and working from home last year and getting really clear on their, their actual options that are available to them and some people who don't want to go back to that nine to five grind or whatever culture it may have been something they weren't, they're now realizing I don't really like that. 
it's it's a beautiful moment i mean like like what you're saying is that not only are you learning it or integrating it or whatever but that's exactly what it is because if we just operate more from a human level everywhere we go there is no separation between a business like yes i get that you work for profit but if you care about your employees then your profits will rise so it's not any different than intrapersonal relationship skills between your intimate people as well as your like i mean i mean i guess everybody not just intimate people but um, so what's funny, not funny, but what I take out of that, by the way, I don't know if you get this, but like when I talked to, um, oh, I just had a beautiful woman reach out to me the other day and she said that the thing that she feels like she's struggling with the most right now is forgiving her abuser. She has gotten to the point where she started to understand that this wasn't about her and that something had to have happened to her abuser for them to replicate that behavior or go into a place where they would even participate in that behavior. And, you know, I just basically what you just said was like, we need to find you a place where you can see this as relief for you. It's not forgiveness of that behavior, which is just exactly what you said. I know that you're upset that this client said that or did that, but this is obviously, it's just a different level. It's just a different emotion. It's just a different type of trigger or trauma, but it's all in the same goddamn bucket. All of it will be yeah. healed with that thought process. Yeah. And sometimes you have to step out of the emotional side of it. Yes. Take all of the emotion out of it and you say, okay, yes, yes, we understand there's emotion here and we understand you're upset or they're upset, but okay, what happened? Why did that happen? What did I do? What did I cause? What can I change? How can I do better? Yes. Um, yeah, whenever you're breaking that all down, it's, yeah, it's life changing. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Yes. That reminds me because I, I, the book that I'm reading right now is really, is opening me up to this problem that my prior self, my 2018 Rachel, and a lot of people who knew me at the time still, like I'll run into this at a party, like somebody I haven't seen in a while or whatever. Oh, it was an old team member. I went and had lunch with her the other day. And she's like, I really want to give you a hug, but I know you're not a hugger. I'm like, actually, I'm a hugger now. And she was like, what? But that's just, you know, like, it's this inclination of understanding my old self was such an angry person and I didn't know it. My old self was a very pity, like pity, woe is me. Like I was mad at the world. I was mad at everything. I was mad at everybody. And I didn't really recognize that. And I think part of that was because I was also very much conditioned to be a hard ass. It was also validated for me to be spunky and loud and sometimes obviously have really bad language. All those kinds of things were tied up into my identity. And when I started going through personal development, it knocked me off my course to understand that anger is a secondary emotion. And so now that I've grown, my problem, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, is that I, I'm, I'm rarely angry as a person anymore. But my problem is now I'm always upset. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, of course, but I'm in a new realm of emotion of uh, upset, rejection, fear, guilt, and shame. And this is my burden to bear because I wasn't feeling any of these before. I was always mad. I was always defensive. And this is good news because it opens up to vulnerability um, and learning about other people and your intimacy deepens between all, all walks of life. And so does your trust and your integrity. All of that comes along with it, which is so funny because you get the light with the dark. But I have almost like, this is what we were going to talk about. It was like, I almost feel like I'm struggling more in my emotions now than I was before. Maybe I was numb before and now I'm just like completely open floodgated, I guess. Yeah. Um, so going back to our last podcast, um, when we were talking about, there was, I had talked about how my sister-in-law had said to me that, um, or I said to my sister-in-law that I felt like people treat me differently. Right. And she said, no, I think you're differently. You're different. You're the way that you are, your aura is just different. Yeah. Um, so you 
saying that, yes, I was always in defense. I always felt like I had to be in defense mechanism. Two ways that I did that was, one, was anger. Uh, so if I was always really quick, I was really hot-headed. So I'm still hot-headed, don't get me wrong. But I was really quick to be ang angry. And then humor. I always went to humor right away. Um, and so sometimes I didn't listen. Sometimes I didn't feel. Sometimes I wasn't. I was guarded. I didn't let people in as easily. Um, so whenever I meet people now, I'm a little bit more, I'm still not like there in your face all the time, but I'm definitely more open to meeting people. And I, I see the difference there and I see what she's saying. And she's mentioned it again to me since then, actually, just, I think a couple weeks ago, she, she was talking to me about it again. She's like, you know, so-and-so said the same thing, like that you, she just feels like you're a completely different person. And it's true. I mean, we mentioned, um, I told you before on this call, there's a reason why my tag name or whatever on Instagram is reinventing Jen. It's nothing to do with weight loss. My name has nothing to do with weight loss because that wasn't what getting the surgery was all about. It was about changing my whole life, um, including my weight, but just being a happier person in general. And that included my emotional life, my physical life, my um, financial life, you know, just everything. So that's funny that you, I mean, we keep saying that's funny, but. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just a phrase. We get it. Yeah, we get it. Um, so yeah. remind, remind, yeah, remind the listeners um, to date how much weight you had, don't, don't care on your body anymore. Well, I mean. It, it fluctuates at this point. Um, at one point, I lost 157 pounds, and I fluctuate between 147 to 157 yeah. lost. Yeah, that's where uh, I'm at, too. After dropping the 80, um, I, I I fluctuate from putting 10, 10 to 20 back on. That's weird, probably not healthy. But anyways, um, I, I'm glad that you brought that up, yeah, because we had made that a point that was something we wanted to talk about was, you know, I had made this post not too long ago and it was not something that I had really reflected very much on until I was like in the journey of it. But I also don't feel like until I worked on the independent leadership development and growth for myself, the only thing that I had really only done to change myself was weight loss prior in any experience. Like I wasn't working on my finances. I wasn't working intentionally on a relationship. Um, you know, that was just what it was. And I think that weight loss was the only thing that I'd ever really hyper-focused on changing myself. And when things finally started clicking for me, it felt very flowy, very easy. It was like the easiest it ever been. And I still feel that way. Like, I feel like I have developed so many habits about my lifestyle now that I'm still confident about my body. I actually feel really good in my body right now. I'm surprised that I'm not more mad at myself, but it's because when I'm at my lowest weight that I've ever been, I don't have any curves anymore. So I kind of enjoy having a little booty and hips and stuff right now. But that's beautiful. I can fluctuate between 20 pounds and still feel okay. Uh, but my point was really more about um, the same kind of prog progress of moving. Oh, shoot. I got it. I got it. So um, in the beginning when it was easy, for the first time ever in my life. And I don't want to use the word easy because there was definitely work involved in that and you know how that is as well. But it was this, like, I think I, the best way for me to describe it is the easy flow of how things just fell into place. Like this makes sense, this feels right, this makes sense, this feels right, this makes sense, this feels right, I'm gonna keep doing this. And it just basically melted off. And it's ironic, only ironic that that was the year that I got married. I, I promise from the core of my being that it had nothing to do with the wedding. 
it had nothing to do with the wedding. It was a correlation of the quarter life crisis. And that's why the journey continued after the wedding. Thankfully, it's stalled now for a little bit. But um, I feel like I'm working on my mental health right now instead of my body as much as I, I used to. So um, that's kind of actually as where someone, I Sorry, as someone that knows you, I don't think it had to do with the wedding. I, had, I think it has more to do with uh, where you were going in your career. Without knowing it, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah it's tied together. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I've, I've mentioned that before. Like my children and my journey are, well, so my children was something I knew. I knew would draw in eyeballs. I knew that. And I, again, from a place of pure sharing only, I only monetized on that when I knew I could. Like in a lot, not in a sleazy way, but the weight loss thing, no idea. No idea. Weight loss, yes, that makes sense again because you can physically see the transformation. I should say the the quarter life crisis, I had no idea, would pivot me in the way that it did just by documenting that. Um, and somebody recently checked in with me, a lot of validation. Hey, I just wanted to let you know um, I've known you for this many years, but I really started paying attention when you <laughs> when you fell into a million pieces on social media and let us all watch. <laughs> I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so anyways, yes. Okay. So um, I would say for probably about a solid year that I was in the weight loss stuff. And it really was like, I truly feel like, I know this is an excuse because I would just get back to it, but I would have kept with it if COVID wouldn't have happened and the gym would have shut down. I tried doing the at-home workouts and that did not, that didn't work for me. Um, and I actually said to Tony probably two months ago, hey, I'm ready to go back to the gym. And he said, me too. And so we were like, that's really great and exciting. And then we just haven't pulled the trigger yet. So at least the seed is planted for us to go back. So again, my point is, is that once that felt like the lifestyle change had stuck, it was the new way of my life and I wasn't fighting as many things, then I believe that was when the flood of emotions was there. The, the, the veil was down that I wasn't only feeling one of two ways. I was feeling a myriad of different ways. So my question to you is, do you feel like having some um, consistent progress in your life with this as well, do you feel like there, I'm going to use this phrase, like there was a honeymoon phase on it. Like it was so good and it wasn't what it was. And now, and now we're here where it's like, ah, oh shit. It almost, it almost feels like work again. Does that make sense? Um, yes and no. So I knew going into what I was going into that there was a honeymoon phase. It was very clear. So in the last podcast, we talked about how I went through um, a six-month diet um, visits with my doctor, and every single one of those I met with my dietitian. I met with my um, – there was multiple times that I met with a mental health specialist um, to talk to me about the, progress, the process and how it all works. And part of that was like, hey, just so you know – this, the first 12 to 18 months, that's when you're going to see the most weight loss. After that, that's when the real work begins, is always how they, they worded it. So I was very aware that the first 12 to 18 months, I better get it in and get it in quick and, you know, try try to do my best and try to stay on plan during those those times because that's when I, I was going to see the most results. Um, so, yeah, I always knew there was going to be a honeymoon phase to it. Um, what I have learned and what I knew I needed to do was when I started the process, when I wanted to begin this. So during my six months phase, a six month diet visits, I, I did them, but I wasn't like super strict. I was losing maybe like two to three pounds a month, which 
now I would love two to three pounds a month, give it to me. But <laughs> I was losing two to three pounds a month. I had it to lose. That's the other thing. So when I say two to three pounds a month, I, I was over 400 pounds. I had two to three pounds a month that I needed to lose. Um, and now sitting at, you know, 260 pounds, I don't have as much excess weight to lose. So um, it's harder. And I know that. I know the science behind it all. So, um, but it's hard to uh, put your mind, it's hard to know the science and really wrap your mind around it. And, um, but so what I knew going into those six months and then also going into right before surgery, I knew if I could make it through the liquid stage of my diet and then, well, the 1200 calorie diet before surgery was tough because I was eating well above that. Yeah. And so the 1200 calorie diet was really tough, but then if I can make it through the liquid and the, um, uh, was clear liquid and then like mashed potato stage, like soft food stage, um, think of the word for it. But, um, if I could make it through those two stages that that would mean that I have discipline and then discipline is going to carry me through the rest of my life. And so that's, so discipline happened with the food, with that, as I was going through the stages of my honeymoon phase, I was learning discipline. That's why they call the surgery that I had VSG or vertical gastric sleeve surgery. It is a tool because that's, that's when you learn or you gain your knowledge of your discipline and how you're supposed to eat how much you're supposed to eat, how much water, how much protein, all of those things that you need to know to live the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to gain all that knowledge just by one all of my doctors and the help that I received by my Instagram because I reached out and I gained followers and friends and things like that that helped me through my journey. And then, um, you know, with the discipline, Soon, I would say probably four or five months into my journey, I knew if I did not start a workout plan during my honeymoon phase when I'm seeing great results that it I needed to get on board, I needed to start doing that because if I didn't do it then, I would never do it. I was never like one, I would, I would work out occasionally and when I would do it, I would feel amazing but it was so hard to start. Mm -hmm. It was one of the hardest things to do was to start. So I took the discipline that I was gaining from seeing the results so quickly and then started a routine um, with working out. And it it became almost like a habit now. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I'm doing five days a week and sometimes six days a week of exercise. And that has helped me just in life in general, to live life to my fullest, to be able to do things that I never thought I was going to be able to do. Um, And that's what I'm most appreciative of. I mean, yeah, the weight loss helps with that, but being able to do physically be able to do the things that I was never able to do before is like 100% worth it. And I would do it all over again. Um, But the number one thing I gained from weight loss surgery is discipline. Yeah. I know I have discipline in every aspect of my life. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I'm really grateful you brought that up. Um, 
because I don't ever look at that either. Like I, it's one of those things I think is a stigma for myself is that I sit down and I'm so hard on myself about where I'm not at yet. And I never stop to think about how far I've come in, in that regard. Like that's exactly what any, any level of success in any part of your life is going to take discipline. It's going to take the remembrance that it's a 21 days to, to form the habit 90 days to make the lifestyle change. It's all of those gentle reminders to yourself that it takes time and we're just in this Amazon Prime prepped world that we just feel like failures when it hasn't happened by the end of the week. So um, I like that you said that because that was one of the things that we had talked about was that what do you feel like for yourself now that you have gained this confidence in in your body and your in you, which is just crazy because this is the only thing that we carry around in house. So forever we've been held back by that and that level of confidence and being able to step in that power. Do you feel like it's affected you? Because as I already mentioned, it, I know it's affected every aspect of my life. How has it done for you in other aspects of your life? The like confidence? Having, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, confidence just in general, like I said before, um, just in relationships, being able to, one, go out with my sister-in-law and be able to engage with her friends. I mean, just getting to meet new people and things like that, that's huge. And then not only that, like workplace environment, confidence is necessary for what I do. I'm in management, so I need confidence for that. Before, I probably wasn't believable. Whenever you have confidence, you're more believable, right? Yeah. And any and anything so as long as you have confidence in it and then also um when you're talking about weight loss and exercise and things like that if you don't have the confidence to believe in yourself and that you can do something then you're never going to achieve your goals so and and in that aspect i am too i'm also confident in goals that i have financially now so i have set um specific goals for myself to be um 100% debt free in three years. And that, well, I shouldn't say 100%. My, I'm still gonna have a mortgage yeah. on people. Yeah. But, <laughs> but everything else will be paid off in three years. So, and, and I'm on my way to that and I'm confident that I'll be able to succeed in that. And if you, if I didn't believe in myself, there's no way I would be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's sneaky subtle is how I like to describe that because it is, it is about confidence and belief in you. And I think sometimes people, they struck, they, they turn away from the word confident because it's so intricately deceivingly wound into ego sometimes and those are two different things that we have to master and confidence is necessary for us to have fulfilling lives ego is not it's just something that's very hard for us to beat um but as you talked about that you know it was the same for myself as i had mentioned you know i retrospectively am able to say that my business and my relationship took off about within six months of each other so i had to make the business thing happen like but that was also accidental i didn't go out searching something to make myself feel better about being a provider i guess i would just like loop that into that right and then when those things kind of coincided at the same time which were two of the most important things in my life my identity around success and my identity in a relationship as you know my best friend jen um when those collided with each other and i finally had a foundation of support that i didn't know i was missing then that allowed for me to catapult. It took obviously like the next big massive change in my life would have been, oh my gosh, so if that was three years, five years later, I lived off of that confidence that I had in the relationship in the business aspect to do big things. I quit a corporate job and I did the PR thing full time. 
Um, so I guess that was that was an in-between thing, but it didn't move me as much as this thing does. And I think that, that was because, it, again, it was personal. That other thing, those were external. A relationship's external, even though it affects me personally. My business is external, even though it affects me personally. This is my life. This is my feeling, my emotions, my goals, my dreams. And that confidence to me translated into capable. And once I understood that I was really... Like that phrase, you can do anything, and then people are like, well, you can't really do anything. Like you could jump out of Okay, yeah, but you're you're totally misinterpreting it. I really am capable. I could really learn to do anything if I really wanted to. Or I could train my body to do that, or I could cut my hair to look like that, or whatever. I really could. And when you step into that belief, you have to tell yourself, convince yourself, see some confidence to, to prove it to yourself or whatever, then you really are unstoppable because then you get to pick and choose. You're not just sorting through your life and this is what looks like to make it look successful or feel successful based on all these other things that people told me. No, I'm going to say that living in this house makes me happy. Living in this state makes me happy. Doing that thing makes me happy. Even if my friends don't get it, they'll support me, but they don't have to get it if it doesn't align with what they thought it was going to align with. And so it does, it catapults. That, that, that's amazing that you're at that place. Three years to be consumer debt free. Oh my God, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I love it. Well, it, the difference between, because um, you mentioned the difference between confidence and ego, the difference between those two is ego is you're looking for other people's opinions and you're looking for other people's, um, what's it called? Uh, validation. Yes, you're looking for other people's validation. Whereas confidence, again, comes within. Yeah. So, it's only you that it's coming from. So that's the big difference between confidence and ego. Whenever you just, you mentioned earlier about how I started sharing on my Facebook. Mm. Um, that's whenever I became confident mm. on my Instagram. And that's because I decided I did not give a shit about what people I knew. Cause like I said, people I follow on Facebook are people that I know. I did not give a shit about what people I knew said about what I look like in my underwear, which I post. Mm -hmm. So if you follow me on this, you're going to see me in my underwear. If you, if, if they see that, I don't care what they say. I don't care what they thought about me before. I don't care what they think about me now. Yeah. I am proud of where I am. I'm confident in who I am now. I was confident. Of, I, I love that person that I was then too, mm -hmm. but doesn't matter. Like if you, like I, that, that's the difference. And I was stuck in the place of, I was holding my ego back. I didn't want to put all that out on Facebook, but now I'm confident, so now I put it on Facebook. Yeah, I think so. I think you nailed that beautifully because um, I would have never even put the two of those together, I knowing that there obviously is a difference between the two, but you're right. And ironically, the ego even does that to ourselves because as we interpret this other voice in our brain, I don't really even like to – it's not me. It's, it's the thought pattern that I created for myself that's just running in the background. It's not me. It's not my highest self. It's not the most capable me. And so that ego does it to me too. It seeks validation for me, like, but I've always kept you safe. I've always kept you happy. I've always kept you comfortable. You wouldn't want to turn your back against me. And it's such a push and pull because you can't get rid of your ego. It will always be there. You just have to live comfortably with it and then really just kind of ask yourself from time to time, what has my ego served me? And, you know, sometimes it's, so simple to me as my ego serves me in reminding me who I don't want to be anymore. Thanks so much for reminding me of the person I could be when I didn't appreciate that. And, and, and I appreciate this person. I appreciate the person you allowed for me to cultivate myself to become, if that makes sense. Yep. Cool. I like that. Um, well, and I'm glad that you cycled back to the Instagram because you're talking about the Instagram versus Facebook. Um, so initially, like you were saying, your Facebook was for people that knew you, but you didn't really care about what they thought. Are you saying that you didn't really care about what they thought about you in this moment now, what they used to think about you, or you didn't feel like back then you cared what they thought about you? 
Uh, well, two things. I, one, didn't want them to see me in my underwear. Yeah. <laughs> Beginning. Like, I wasn't confident enough in myself to be like, here I am, all of me. All of me. Yeah. Um, but I, two, I was honestly scared that they would think that here's my ego side. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm posting a picture of myself, a selfie of myself every Tuesday, calling it transformation Tuesday. Here you are seeing this. They're thinking that my ego is being built, 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 built just for likes. No, that's really not what it's about. I'm literally posting this so you can see it. So hopefully you do the same. That's awesome. Um, so yeah. And why, why wouldn't I want the closest people to me, the people, people that I know in my real life, to be able to see this journey and to be able to gain things from what I'm learning on my journey yeah. as well. Yeah. So that's, that's the reason why I started sharing it. Um, but yeah, my, my confidence level is why I didn't share it to begin with. No, oh, I think that's yeah. really insightful. And I hope that somebody gets something from that because I resonate with that. Um, uh, when I was filming a podcast yesterday with Nikki, I was talking about the fact that for me, I know there's again, push and pull when it comes to social media platforms, but Instagram is not Instagram. TikTok has changed my life because like, I know that like we all joked about it a year ago or whatever, but the amount of stories and perspectives and experiences and anything that I have learned, it's just been unbelievably remarkable. And so it just is a testament to what you were talking about. It's like finding a community that is not local to you can be a lifesaver or can be something that is your confidence block builder. Because I, I resonate with your message when you're talking about that is because it's like, not the same, but you know, like as I started my journey to being the intimacy coach and being more vulnerable and personal about stuff like that, it was difficult because it absolutely was like, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want people to think anything bad about me and what I do, um, number one. But number two, I also didn't want the same thing you were saying, like if I'm successful, I don't want people to think that I have an ego about it or whatever. So I, I definitely that you're opening some things for me at this moment. And so I feel like that's part of the reason I've always held myself back in my business. I compare myself to other consultants who would post or any, even this day and age, anybody who has like a home-based business, the amount of stuff that they post about their business has always been like tenfold compared to what I've ever felt comfortable doing. Um, and I'm sure there's other reasons behind that too, but, but it does come down to confidence. Do you have value to bring people? Do you have value to bring to their lives? And as long as you do, whether you're selling something or just trying to inspire them, the the message will reach. It will reach. Well, and just a little bit about your personal life. I mean, we definitely have had this conversation. I mean, we've had friends that have had conversations separately outside of this that have had comments about your journey. And I can understand your personal hesitation because you are out there all the time yeah. and you are putting content out all the time and it's positive content and you call it 2018 Rachel that wasn't a positive all the time um and so it's hard for people that didn't know you that don't know you as well today yeah to that knew you then and same with fat gen like people People don't understand that I'm more open and more willing to have a conversation with you now than I ever was then. Yeah. So, uh, but you need to know that you need to be vulnerable, especially with what you're doing um, in your journey, that you need to be vulnerable at all times um, because that's where the growth happens. That's where your 
opportunities happen yeah for they you. do they do they always do it's almost it's almost like so just like a side note real quick i like i took a a class like a, a total spiritual type class or whatever and the class was really supposed to help you tap into whatever your natural ability is whether it's that you hear things more clearly see things and whatever it doesn't matter what it is right and so there's like five clairs that you can kind of tap into more naturally and i haven't been able to figure out what my clair is and so i like i told the girl who was running the course it was just her and i thankfully so i got like one to one and she's like okay well, let's do this meditation and then so we did the meditation she's like so what did you feel or like what was your experience she didn't ask me what did you feel what was your experience and i told her that i felt something like during the meditation, it felt like somebody had taken a squeegee from the top of my head through the bottom of my body and I didn't physically feel it, but I felt like energy change. Like I got hot in the cheeks and so on and so forth. And she's like, well, that's probably your Claire. You can feel things. And I was like, mother, everybody feels things. I don't want to feel things times 10. <laughs> but, but, you know, again, in retrospect, it was, and I, I wasn't surprised because while I still struggle with fine tuning what this gift is and how to relay it and how to monetize it in a way that, you know, sustains lifestyle for me and my family and doesn't necessarily have to be anything above. Thank you universe. But anyways, um, I know that just like you had said, I even wrote this down when we just talked about like, um, like when my, when my weight loss got to a place where I, again, put, I put it on the back burner cause I'm confident about my eating and my drinking and blah, 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 blah. So now I'm going to tackle these other things in my life. I had less interactions, less views, less responses, you know, things like that. And it's not that my business has come to a dead halt and it, part of it, it's responsibility on my side too. But my point is, is that it's harder without something tangible for people to grab. So if they don't see me vis visibly changing right before their eyes, they need to hear about it. And it can't be through fake book. It can't be through a highlight reel. Um, and it's 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 a two it's a twofer because not only do I get to share that experience and hope because my intention is just to inspire that's it, but if it happens to be that that person changes their life, ooh, fantastic! But I get to work my shit out like for free, you know, and I'm like my own therapist. Social media is my therapy, and that's not always responsible. By the way, I would say I'm I'm going back to talk therapy because somebody should be helping me manage my shit too. But that's the thing is like you see all these other faces and all these other experiences and all these other representations of yourself in several different forms, not just as a woman, but somebody with mental health and somebody with a past with their body and all these other unhealthy habits. You are able to connect and you see yourself in those forms. And that is the acceptability of, oh, I'm not the only person. So I'm not I can't be bad. I can't be wrong. I'm just that's another version of me or another part portion, I would say, I guess. Yeah, 100 percent. Yep. I'm struggling right now um, just to talk about a little bit of a struggle that I'm having. Um, and honestly, this week, not as much. But um, for the past month, I have struggled on my Instagram because I, what, I've been doing horrible on the weekends whenever it comes to eating. Like during the week, I'm on plan. I have a routine. I'm disciplined, as we talked about. I work out during the week. But then on the weekends, I'm like, oh, I don't have, oh, I don't have breakfast prepped. I don't have lunch prepped. I'm just going to go eat at a fast food restaurant or at a restaurant. And I probably consume double the amount of calories that I do during the week. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's why my weight loss, weight loss was fluctuating. And so I wasn't posting much on Instagram. I was just posting during the week, my workouts, and that was about it. And every once in a while, like a transformation post or whatever, but it got to the point where I wasn't posting at all. Well, this last week, I commit, I recommitted, um, with my sister-in-law, with my, uh, other best friend, Courtney, um, and my sister-in-law's sister, we've all just began doing like 
kind of like a 30 day reboot type thing where we're all just refocusing what we want on our goals. And mine of course was weight loss related. I still have 60 pounds that I want to lose. And, um, so, and I'm going to have to work hard to get there because like you said, the honeymoon phase is over. So it's going to have to take hard work and dedication on the weekends mm. as well. And I've been talking on my Instagram for over a month about how I need to refocus on the weekends because it's been a struggle. So I've been kind of lost because for the last two years, that was my thing. I was posting on Instagram. I was sharing my life. Like you said, I felt like, like my worth or so to put it was coming from if people were commenting or talking to me about what I was doing. And now I don't have that because I'm not posting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been a little bit of a struggle. I'm getting back on track with my, uh, hopefully, I mean, I haven't, I haven't hit a weekend yet yet. So we'll talk this weekend, but (laughs) yes, but two quick things out of that as we're wrapping up our last five minutes. Um, one, I think it's really imperative to note that I, I can't speak for you, but like what I heard out of that was like, I just decided I'm just going to start over again. You know, old Rachel absolutely would have been like, I friggin' failed. Like I give up, forget it. I'll just put the 250. I'll get all the way back up to 250. I don't even care. But recognizing that it's okay to pause and take a break. It's okay to pause and have I learned this lifestyle yet? Not fully intentionally yet. So maybe I need to tune it, fine, fine tune it, take a break from time to time, whatever. Those things are okay. And then number two, I just want to say, by the way, like, you know, Um, neither of us said this like it's anybody else's fault because they didn't keep following us like it is a consistency thing for me like it was a fear that like all of a sudden now that I'm this weight that I am will people still care about the things coming out of my mouth and so it almost takes a little bit more because again it's less tangible but I do have to be more open and more vulnerable and more real and raw about the things that I'm going through for it to make an impact I can't just get away with this I journaled yesterday and record it like people know me better than that. And that's, that's okay because now it's time for me to push myself outside that to the next comfort zone. So just recognizing that we're at new places of growth is really magical being able to have this conversation and kind of takes a weight off my shoulders. I feel. Yeah. And 100% and with me, diet fatigue has definitely, it definitely sat in and now I'm ready to refocus again and get back on track and, and hopefully lose the, next 60 pounds yeah that was a good way to say it that was a good way to say it because it's not that i'm giving up it's just that again i'm i'm tired quote unquote or i need a break for a minute from hyper focusing on my health in that manner because it is you you have wealth finance or health wealth you do have mental health obviously you do have your relationship health so you know you just got to cycle through them because that's the only way they all stay afloat there you can't manage all five of them at once you're going to have to cycle through and gain the new confidence block to tackle the new thing so oh that just feels great <laughs> i like that i like that a lot oh my goodness well that was a really really great i mean like i feel like we could probably even go for another hour but they wrap up after 60 minutes so i guess we'll probably just have to schedule a part three i guess i mean well i feel really bad about that but mm. and you'll be in town next month so maybe we could even just do one in person you think Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, as we wrap up real quick, go ahead and make sure to tell them one more time where they can find you, please. Reinventing underscore Jen, J-E-N-N. Instagram. Uh, On Instagram. Yeah, because if you go searching for Jen on Facebook, good luck, because she has one of the most common names (laughs) ever. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I said at the beginning, of course, where you guys can catch me and you know how to how to do that. So make sure that if you have any questions, any concerns, if you want to start, send my girl Jen some love, make sure you're screenshotting this podcast, tag me in the story because I can tag her in it as well. Um, go find her on Instagram and just become friends with her as well. That'd be super cool and awesome. And if you want to meet her someday, maybe I'll let you. What would you say? 
Say hi. Oh, yeah, exactly. Say hi and check her out in her underwear. <laughs> That's something I've never even done. So good on you, girl. Good on you. I'm proud of you. I am really proud of you. Like, all, I mean, obviously that wasn't a joke, but in all realness, is I'm so grateful that I have you as my best friend. You've been such a constant in my life. We've never had a major, major falling out, um, and I'm so grateful that. And it's nine times out of ten because you're the more mature one of the two of us, and you just, like, call me on my bullshit, but I appreciate you. So thank you so much for giving me your time, sharing your story with everybody today. I will be super excited for you to come back for a part three for sure. Same. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. All right. So um, that's it. That's all we got. So stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands, you fools. Have a good night. Bye-bye.